Hey guys, welcome to My Movie's Better, where I pick a movie for Kevin. And I pick a movie for Russell. And you pick a movie for both of us with a new theme every week. And this week's theme is part of Hell Month. It is Vampires. <laughs> He's been doing that yeah, after well, every single... Your blood. <laughs> yeah, it's all... Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we will be talking about uh, Near Dark. Uh, Let Me In, which is the remake of the 2008 film, Let the Right One In, and What We Do in the Shadows, which is a hilarious mockumentary out of New Zealand. So before we jump into it, uh, if you want to support the podcast, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat, Facebook, all of them are at My Movies Better. Join the group on Facebook, talk to us, uh, because... As you'll hear in this episode, we bring up a lot of the stuff that is discussed in the group, and we give them this platform. Um, on top of that, we have a PayPal now. If you want to make donations, we will do a Patreon eventually. It is paypal.me forward slash mymoviesbetter. Uh, but the biggest thing you could do is go to the podcast, download them, rate them, review them, you know, just do, do your thing. And, and guys, also, like, I know a lot of people don't use the Apple podcast app, but, like, if you could do us a little favor, download <laughs> it real quick and just subscribe and rate and then delete it. It doesn't matter. But those really help us because iTunes is, like, the easiest way to get your podcast noticed. So yeah. if you are downloading another thing, thank you. But that doesn't get us noticed. So if you feel like it, I'm not forcing you, but if you feel like it, you know, run us a little iTunes review. That'd be awesome. Thank you. Of course. And uh, on top of that, if you would like to sponsor a segment of some sort, if you want to plug anything, uh, you know, hit us up on uh, mymoviesbetter at gmail.com or message us on the Facebook. And uh, yeah, we'll see what we can do. So anyways, here is the episode for Hell Month, Vampires. Speeding time. Come and get it, boys. All right. Live. Through the centuries to come, as I have lived. Should you escape us, Dracula, we know how to save Miss Mina's soul, if not her life. If she dies by day, but I shall see that she dies by night. Imagine, if you will, an announcer you can barely understand. Welcome to my home. He refers to a but you're not quite sure what he said. I've seen many strange things already. He seems to be eating something. Enters freely of your own villainy. Or perhaps he's a little drunk. Some of the happiness you bring. Bloody wolves chasing me through some blue inferno. The kind of place where there might be a monster. Some kind of weird I'm not a I am These are just examples. It could also be something much better. And I think you welcome, Mr. Fox. It's remotely possible that he just said something about my movies better. <laughs> Welcome to my movies better. Helmont episode three. Vampire. Not leaving. Don't make me come over there and beat the shit out of you, Padre. Back off! The vampire jack! Your partner is ever bitten by a vampire. Never 
never let him live. Okay, so let's talk about movie news before we get into any group-related shit. All right. Um, I'm going to pull our movie news from Screen Rant, so shout out to ScreenRant.com. Go to ScreenRant.com. This first article that was very recently posted within the hour, Jet Li explains why he rejected a role in the Matrix sequels. Because he's dumb. Did you know that was a thing? I didn't no, know. No, I didn't know that was a thing. But if he wanted to make some money and royalties for life, he should have gotten on board with that. It would have made him better, possibly, too. I wonder if they wanted him to play the key master. That's the only other Asian character I can think of. He was in the one. Like what oh, you can no. say you can say yes no, Jet Li, I'm saying Jet Li can yeah. say yes to the one and say no to Matrix. Right, right. That that's kind of what I mean. After the first him. one was successful as fuck. Yeah. And but also I the other thing I'm thinking, maybe he was gonna play you know the scene where Neo fights the Asian dude with glasses in the Matrix, like in the like room? Mm-hmm. I think it was in the second movie. That's probably the character that, that was intended to be played by him and would have had a bigger role had he been played by Jet Li. I think it would have made the film better. You didn't have a lot of like legitimate martial artists in it in a movie that had a lot of legitimate martial arts in it. Like You should probably grab Jackie or Jet Li and, and yeah. get, some, get them in there. Uh, in an interview with Abascus, Jet Li was asked about why he turned down the role of Seraph in the last... That was, that was it. Two yep. Matrix films, a role that ultimately went to Taiwanese actor Colin Chu. And Colin he Chu said, was happy about it. Oh, sure. <laughs> he said, it was a commercial struggle for me. I realized the Americans wanted me to film for three months, but be with the crew for nine. And for six months, they wanted to record and copy all my moves into a digital library. By the end of the recording, the right to these moves would go to them. Oh, you know what? I'm Now I'm on his side. Yeah, that's pretty fucking... <laughs> yeah. Not only does, like, even if it wasn't for that last part where it's like, dude, all your work is like, owned by someone else. He can't use these fight scenes now in the, because he's doing the shit in yeah. a future movie. And also, just the amount of work that goes in for someone like him, I'd be like, fuck that. I'd rather go do something that's way easier <laughs> and make the same amount of money. So, um, so I will skip. There is Halloween-related news. Yeah, I think it's a little early for... Uh, to talk about the movie, that's just how I feel. I like le- I like letting people. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, and so I, okay, I like well, letting people have a, like a week or two, and then and then it's like, dude, fair game. We, you know how we no, feel it's about okay. We're not, that's not what we're doing. We're not doing anything like that. That's yeah. not what I'm talking about. Uh, Halloween has its second highest October opening weekend ever. Oh, oh, uh, out of all the series? Yeah, I don't know which one is first. I'm not going to read the article. We're going to probably on. not Halloween one, but it might be. That one did really well. Sammy, drinking his water. God damn it. <laughs> you done now? You good? Anyways, um, the Maze Runner director has uh, started filming Mouse Guard. Have you ever read that? The, no. Uh, comics? Oh, it starts filming in early 2019. Is what yeah, saying. it's a... Uh, I don't know why that's news. Series of graphic novels. Uh... That's kind of similar. You ever read the the uh, read the Redwall books when you were a kid? No. By Brian Jocks? No. They're kind of similar to them. They're like, you have like um, like humanized animals, and they wear clothes, and they use swords and shields and stuff, and they're fighting against other, it's like mice fighting against other animals who, you know, so it has sort of a, it's, it's a really cool graphic novel. Um, 
But I only there's a bunch of them, and I only ever read the first one. But I'd be interested in seeing the movie. It's probably going to be CGI'd, I'm guessing. So, yeah, maybe. Um, images of Willem Dafoe uh, were posted oh, yeah. of him on a shark in Aquaman. How do you feel about that movie? Uh, I feel nothing about that movie. I don't care for Warner Brothers' attempts at making superhero movies in general. And I don't think I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go out of my way to see this. So yeah, whenever I, don't I have feelings, yeah. whenever uh, I see something from him, I'm just like, oh great. So is William? If Willem Dafoe comes out and pulls out a Spider-Man one type performance, then I might go out to see the movie. That's about the only thing that can make me want to go see it. Yeah, if they're like, Willem they've Dafoe already used this character stupid. though, and I don't know. Yeah, my movie is Let Me In. It's a 2010 American British romantic horror film. Written and directed by Matt Reeves and starring Cody Smith-McPhee, Chloe Grace Moretz, Elias Coteas, and Richard Jenkins. It is a remake of the 2008 Swedish film Let the Right One In. As some of you may have heard, there was an incident last night and one of your recent graduates here was killed. We need you all to be on the lookout for any suspicious activity. You guys just moved in, huh? Upstairs? How do you know? Can you hear me through the wall? Only sometimes. Police and fire investigators are now several hours into their investigation. Do you think there's such a thing as evil? Help me. Hello? You okay? What are you? I need blood. So Let Me In was a movie that you had me watch this week. And uh, right off the bat, I'm just going to say I thoroughly enjoyed it. So much so, I went out and I watched the 2008 original, which I also liked. Uh, Not as much, but I enjoyed. Um, As far as vampire movies go, I think this one falls into the same sort of category we put warm bodies in in relation to zombie movies. It's unique. It's different. Um, And not just the story, but even like the characterization of the characters is different than what I'd expect. Um, And I think the overall message of the movie at the end is also not what I would expect from a movie like this. Uh, Because to me, usually in films with monster characters, especially with vampire films the vampire usually gets fucking killed at the end and uh, isn't one of the heroes or one of the protagonists. Um, So yeah, it's basically about a weird kid who likes to pretend to attack women and stab them by stabbing a tree. Um, And his, what's his name? Cody, uh, what's the actor's name? It doesn't matter. Cody. Creepy Cody. (laughs) Creepy Cody, yeah. He has a very particular look to him. I believe he's uh, 11 years old. I think that's what I read when they made the film. Um, And 
his yeah his look is just startling and he really really stands out he's got like buggy eyes pale skin and he's, he's just still creepy looking his name is cody smith mcphee there we go cody smith mcphee the character's so. name is oscar oscar yep um or is it no it was owen i thought in this one because hmm? it was oscar in the original version i know but it's oscar it is oscar okay yep so uh and it's basically about, you know, boy meets vampire story. You know, he lives in the projects in New Mexico, uh, and it's uh, must be up in a mountainous region because there's plenty of snow. And he likes to sit outside on a jungle gym, play with his Rubik's Cube, and stab trees pretending that they're women. And he meets a vampire <laughs> because a, a girl, you know, girl next door. It's your typical girl next door story, really. Um Next door. Next door. I think I said next store. But anyway. Uh, yeah, he... Chloe Grace Moretz shows up, and um, she's uh, very weird. She doesn't wear shoes in the snow. She's uh, kind of pale. And uh, she immediately says, uh, we can't be friends. I don't like... You know, I don't want to be associating with you. Right. And, uh, of course, this little weirdo is immediately drawn to that. Um, and so as the film goes on, they become friends and eventually start to, I think, you could say fall in love with each other. Right. Uh, a backdrop to his character is that he's also, um, like, bullied relentlessly by these three boys, especially by this one kid who uh, humiliates him a bunch of different times is always like, you know, teasing him and causing him issues. And it's funny because I think that was the thing that really brought the most like horror in this movie to me. Um, the, it took the vampire story and flipped it on, flipped it on its head. Instead of the bad guy in the movie being the vampire, the bad guy was another human being who wanted nothing to, had nothing to do with the vampire, just wanted to hurt, our, you know, main protagonist and cause him harm. Yeah. And she's like trying to teach him to fight against it. And, uh, so, I mean, this eventually leads to him being attacked by this kid's brother and she comes in and kills everyone saving him. And that's basically how the film ends. And I liked all of that about it. Like the basic plot structure, I thought it w moved well as a film and, and shit it was fun to watch. But the thing I loved the most about it was I felt like this movie was trying to trick me into thinking that it had come out in the 1980s. It was yeah. a heartfelt love. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was like a, a, a it, it was a tribute, a loving tribute to 1980s horror films. The way it starts, the camera angles they used, the lighting that they used, the acting. Um, it just, I was like, being reminded of great films from that era. And like last week we watched a couple of great films from that era of cinema, uh, you know, early eighties and late, late seventies type stuff. And, uh, that's what I was remi reminded of the most. The, the first half hour, maybe 20 minutes of this film reminded me of the thing. It reminded me of how, how the thing paced you into the movie. Yeah. You know, it brought you straight into it. Um, a lot and of the, the colors remind me of uh, the original Fright Night. Yeah, good point. Good point. 
constant cold mm-hmm. colors with like the bright, bright reds and exactly. like the weird kind of sea greens everywhere. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I also, like I think I mentioned, I don't know if I did, but I also uh, went and watched the original. And uh, it's basically the same story. The only real differences I could find is that uh, some of the things are in slightly different order. And there is a group of neighbors characters that uh, are like also part of it. And one of them is one of the guy, the guy that she first kills when she goes out to hunt all alone. Yeah. And so like there's like a side story of these like drunken neighbors trying to find out who killed the guy and what happened to his body and shit. Which was okay, but also kind of like dragged out the like movie. You, you know why it made it onto the cutting floor for the remake. Correct. Um, the thing that you were talking about before we started recording was the father. Oh, yes. That's a huge That's another huge difference, movies. correct. Yep. Yeah, in this, in the original version, there was no father character. And like in this version, it's that's how the movie starts off. He's like... Uh, saying like i have a daughter or something else i can't remember exactly what it was but he's definitely he's like a prisoner and he's definitely like a burned vampire um i know he comes back later in the film too i'm pretty sure you talking about the remake yeah i'm talking about the remake yeah the richard jenkins character N- no the guy you know what the guy at the beginning of the movie in like the prison jumpsuit and they're like and they're like he has a daughter and that's how you're first introduced to chloe Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that guy. Um, that didn't happen. Yeah, that, that character was not in the original version Well, that's at because all. the character that Richard Jenkins plays in the first version of it is just the father. Right, that right. They just established as the father. Right. Uh, and in the remake, and Richard Jenkins is the father from Step Brothers, mm-hmm. and uh, what, what did you say? Yo, he was also, about? yeah, he's one of the controllers in Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Um, his character comes out later on that he's known her since they were both mm. that age. Yeah, and he's, and he's in just love. been staying. He it started off like in love, then it turns into eventually he's like, well, she's a kid and I'm an adult. It's more like a father thing. Right, right. Interesting too because that draws a little line of comparison to what we do in the shadows with mm. the uh, one of the characters uh, ha- still being in love with the old woman who he fall he went to New Zealand a <laughs> yeah. hundred years ago. Or, you know, he got shipped to the wrong country. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The bully character, what did you think? I think the bully in the re- the original was far more awesome, like intimidating. See, I didn't, but I, I, I saw these mo- movies in opposite order of how they were made. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. The kid in the remake, I was definitely more, I thought he was more menacing. Here's, here's my reason, I think, probably, because he was in 13 Reasons Why. Oh, you're he's right. He's the main That's kid. He he's from. a big. He's crying the whole season. And true, true. Just I didn't see the second season. I had no interest. But it's yeah. He plays awkward, geeky, shy characters that would more reflect the main character in this than who he plays in this movie. Right. And I think maybe because I saw it the second time around with. I thought that the bully in the original version he reminded me of the main kid from Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, I can so see so I think I had the same reaction where I was like, "Eh, this kid just isn't doing it for me." At first, as the movie went on, I think he definitely. But it's also it's weird because I watched it like the next day, so like I just watched Let Me In one day, and then the next day I'm watching the original, so I have like a fresh memory of everything I saw, and I'm really looking at like 
you know, what the, the differences were, you know, and I have preconceived notion for what's going to happen in the film. You know, I'm like, I know there's going to be a bully character or, and there's going to be, you know, certain things, certain beats that the movies are both going to hit. Right. So, um, but I really enjoyed it. Like I, like I mentioned, it has really, uh, unique camera work in it. There's like, maybe not unique, but it's not what I expected, I guess. Um, this movie surprised me. This one was the one that, and I hadn't read or heard almost anything about it except for what you guys have said on the group and stuff, um, which isn't much. So I really was just like, oh, okay, so is this is this going to be like a vampire love story with like Chloe Grace Moretz? Like, is that, it just wasn't the movie I wanted to watch this week. And I'm so glad that it, we watched this because I fucking love it. It's really, really good, and I'm definitely. It's one of those movies that's like on my list of like, yes, I'm definitely gonna watch that again. I enjoyed it that much, and I feel like there's more to it than you know what I saw in the first viewing. Yeah. I don't know if I'd. I don't know if I'd watch. I mean, I might watch the original again, but it just didn't. It didn't do enough for me, and I. I but I almost wonder. I might. I feel like I might have said the same thing if I watched them in the opposite order. Just because you already know kind of what's going to happen, mm-hmm. there's not enough changes. Like plot wise, it's pretty much the same plot. So, you know, when I was like 45 minutes from the end of the the uh, the original, I was kind of like, okay, I already know how this ends, and it ended pretty much exactly the same way. So, yeah, and that's that is why, except for the reveal, of yeah, the father being not the father, and that's the other like last thing I kind of wanted to talk about um, was. Like, so the end of the movie, it's basically, I guess I assumed that he's, like, going to go, he's going to be her new, you know, dad character who's going to live the rest of his life taking care of her. Um, and I was like, wh- I don't know. It it kind of left me with some weird feelings because the whole, especially with the whole character of Oscar being, like, so, like, this kid's going to be a future serial killer. I think it yeah. worked, but the, like, I don't know. It was kind of weird. It kind of left me like with mixed feelings, I guess you could say at the end. And I don't think that ruins the film because I definitely think that that, that like is a, a positive thing about what it's trying to do. Cause it's definitely trying to do a, you know, psychological horror type thing. Um, and, I, and I think even almost like a little bit of like an art movie is what the first film was. So, and it has the same ending where it's like, um, going against what you would expect. Like right. I expect them both to like die, probably. Uh, how did you feel about the policeman in this movie versus the policeman in the remake? I mean, well, remake versus original. Um, well, I felt like in the original, his role was much smaller, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't necessarily think he had less screen time. But it was like condensed a little bit more to a few scenes in one particular part of the film, and I think in the remake it was it, he. I mean, he opens the film pretty much. Like you see, yeah. uh, actually, I, I do want to mention this. The very first shot of the movie is fantastic. It's like uh, trees, and you can see a road, and you see like cars coming in the distance, and then you can tell as they get closer that they're you know uh, police cars with their lights on, mm. and then uh, as they get closer, you can finally hear the sirens. It reminded me of the shot from one of the very first movies we covered, Aguirre, where they're r- walking through the jungle. Oh, yeah. It led you straight down the pathway into the film. And then he's like the first person you really see. He's in the hospital, you know, gets the phone call and all that shit. Um, 
And uh, so I felt like his role was more, it, it more like, like put walls up around everything that's going on in the movie to kind of like, you know, make a base for everything. So I liked that. Yeah. Uh, the, the remake version, the gentleman who plays the policeman is Elias Coteas, Casey Jones of the original Ninja Turtles movie Correct. Yep. that I shouted out last week saying it was the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> he, uh, in this movie, isn't just like more present. He is more concerned like yes. about the, the little girl's well-being, I guess you would say. The, the character in the original just seemed like a hard-headed cop that just wanted to figure out what the fuck was going on so he could right. take care of it. Right, right. That's kind of, that's, that takes away from like, I don't know, the, the idea that somebody was like looking out for them. Right. Like, like looked at the, the father as a potential villain. Right. You know what I mean? And wanted to make sure the little girl was okay. Right. I, I definitely think it works in some ways, but it's definitely a totally different choice. And I personally like the choice the remake made with the character. But I also think it's a good choice that they made because I think it's trying to say a different thing. It's, it's the, that character almost becomes a complete opposite in both movies because of that. So, you know, I think that the director had a different intention with that character than in the remake. You know, the director, uh, I forget his name now, but the guy who directed the remake definitely, like, took um, took this sort of basic plot and kind of, like, cut up parts and then moved them around into a way that fits more, I think, with American cinema. And so the fact that it was done so well at the same time, it still had an artful eye, but it's, a, it's like it flows like any, I would say, big budget type blockbuster or big budget horror movie does. It just does the beats in such a good way and it follows the same beats. You know, it, it, it kind of like uses everything else that's going around. It uses the vampire's story mm-hmm. to frame the kid's story. And that works yeah. better than introducing the kid first and then he meets this girl and she's obviously weird. Like, yeah. when you already kind of know that there's, like, something else going on, I mean, you already know it's a vampire movie from the fucking poster, which has her for their face covered in blood from, coming from her mouth, you know? Like, uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely thought the remake did that much better. I have to correct myself from earlier. Okay. Um, when I was pulling up the cast to see the character names, uh, for some reason... It says Chloe Grace Moretz plays Eli, and that triggered no, it's Abby in the yeah. remake. Yeah. So then I was like, maybe Oscar is Owen. It so is I just Owen. looked it up. It's <laughs> Owen, and Hakan is Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that too. So when I saw Hakan, I was like, they didn't give him a like a yeah. Swedish name in this. Well, I also feel like it's so much easier to remember the names in movies that have subtitles because you end up reading it fifty times. So you're yeah. like, I know there was someone named Oscar in that movie. Definitely, right. they said it a lot. <laughs> um. I give uh, I give you full credit for remembering that better than I do. Eh, just just happens sometimes, man. <laughs> All right. But yeah, so, so that's that's that. On to yeah. Yeah, on to the next one.
Aha! Greetings, class, and welcome to Counting School, where what you learn really counts. I am your teacher, the Count. Do you know why they call me the Count? Because I love to count things! No! Don't open that coffin! It's ticking! I have to, Alex. That coffin's not going to open itself. Mr. Mayor, if you want to see the real vampire, look in the mirror! I can't! I'm a vampire! So, welcome to the abyss. <clears throat> Uh, so this other thing is first man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't do too well. That's the Neil Armstrong movie. Yeah, yeah, with no Ryan Gosling. Sh- <laughs> no shit, Hollywood. You thought that movie was gonna play nowadays? That I no. I'm sorry. I I'm not talking down Neil Armstrong or astronauts, but the fact that Hollywood thought this movie would play at this point in time in America, they're silly. Oh, right. They're silly. We're not. I thought you were saying that the movie looked bad. No, 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 no. I was going to say the movie looked fucking amazing. uh, Astronaut NASA movies are optimistic movies. Mm -hmm. The my, I mean, even Apollo thirteen was for as non optimistic as it was, but like it just it's something I feel like doesn't fly nowadays. When's the last time you saw a space uh, a space movie like this? A NASA space movie. Um, I don't know. What was that movie with? Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. Oh yeah, that one. That was kind of um, um, Gravity. Gravity. Yeah, that was all right. Yeah. Uh, Even so, The Martian took a totally different spin on that idea. Yeah, you know, and it I was, thought that was great. Yeah, exactly. So it says, uh, First Man may be a critical darling." See, it turns out it was really good, but it struggled to make much of an impact commercially in its debut. During its first three days domestically, the film brought in sixteen millions, sixteen million, a figure well below expectations. Since this was one of Universal's big fall releases in an Academy Awards hopeful, yeah. it would have been understandable if the studio was disappointed by these results. However, they remain encouraged First Man will find a wide audience. Um, When did this movie come out now? When did they release it? Uh, this weekend, right? Okay. This That's the other problem with this. Why is this movie coming out in, Oct- in the middle of October, a week or two weeks before Halloween, as opposed to coming out at the... In- this is a movie I feel like should come out in the summer or at Christmas time. Yeah, Christmas. Like I, I feel like it's looking for the wrong audience. The movie audience right now is going out and seeing Halloween, which, as we mentioned, did a really good job at the box office and isn't loved by critics, because you know Hollywood always thinks they're gonna throw these movies down our throat and we're just gonna like them. And again, this movie could be great, but like if I'm gonna go to the movie theater, why the fuck do I want to go sit and watch Ryan Gosling like cry about going to the moon for two hours? I'm gonna go watch Michael Myers try to kill people and be generally amused by it. You know, it's Halloween. It's not, like, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's in a weird place. Why would, I don't understand why they think it'd be a good idea to release this movie right now. Maybe November. They couldn't wait till November. It's a perfect Thanksgiving movie. Like, where everybody's thinking about their family and remembering the good times. They're like, oh, I'm going to go see what Neil Armstrong's up to. Yeah, that's true. You know? No, the kids are going to go see Halloween, so. (laughs) Um, This isn't a lot of news. Now that, Disney and Fox are merging, and they've officially recognized that, yeah, we will be integrating the Fox characters into the MCU. Yep. Um, they removed a 2020 release. What's that? They, they, don't, they didn't say. It's one of the unnamed ones. Ooh. 
which means that perhaps somebody is not coming back from the finger snap of possibly. Uh, here's a couple things. Happy Death Day <laughs> has a sequel called Happy Death Day to You as one. It's like two oh. in the letter U. That's like that I know. T- I hated that. Movie. I know what you did last summer again, or whatever the second yeah. one of those. I still know I what still you know. did. Yeah. Come on. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of cheeky when movies do that. I think it. I think if it's a comedy, it works. Uh, when it's not, I don't know so much. If I it think works. they were attempting to make a dark comedy, yeah, but it's yeah, not yeah. funny. It was or really black comedy, yeah. really bad. Yeah. Um. So Disney cut something uh, from Ralph Breaks the Internet, the sequel to Wreck-It mm. Ralph. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, there's a spoiled child joke about Kylo Ren. Oh, I didn't know. So, I'm assuming they don't want to like say something derogatory about another character in one oh, of their yeah, own movies because yeah. they own Star Wars. Um, and D- Dark Phoenix, uh, they're gonna make some cuts. They're gonna do some re-editing. They're gonna do some shit to it because it might be their uh, Disney's first X-Men movie. Uh oh. Which would mean that they are going to be using the first class characters in the MCU. Maybe possibly, but that whenever I hear that, I that's what I do. I go, uh oh, yeah, because that I sound right. I would start completely fresh. When a movie needs cut, heavy cutting and reshoots, mm-hmm. it's not a good movie. Or no, it's the a reason good... they're doing it is because they the 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 they're talking about that is because it would be in the MCU, so it would be a okay. whole another. Oh, so they're yeah trying they to work to, it yeah. into the MCU. I hope they don't do that. I just wonder because. Uh, you know who was a victim of heavy cutting and re re jumbling of the whole plot? Fantastic Four, the Fantastic yeah. Four movie, and that Amazing movie was Spider Man Two. So it was so bad. It was yeah. so bad. And dude, oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Amazing Spider Man Two is fucking worse. Maybe. Oh, I hated that movie. Um, so yeah, whenever they they're talking about that, I'm I'm always worried that the movie maybe isn't good or is good in the studio is stupid and thinks it's bad. So they want to change it. And then they end up ruining what could have been a really cool movie. Mm. So my movie is near dark. It is a 1987 American neo-Western horror film directed by Catherine Bigelow and written by her and Eric red. The film stars Adrian Pastar, Jenny Wright, Lance Hendrickson, and most importantly, Bill Paxton. Give me a couple of shots, whatever donkey piss you're shoving down these cocksuckers' throats. Hey! Hey! You spilled my drink. Well, why don't you look it up off the bar, meatball? There's two ways to leave these here friends. Is that a fact? That's a fact. On your feet, or on your back. <laughs> That's pretty tough words for a bartender, huh? Did I? <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Oh, you! Oh. I got a new name for you, Mr. Big Knuckle. <laughs> Trouble with your hog leg, man.
let's talk about Near Dark. Let's see. How should I start this? Uh... I want to tell the people at home, I just, we had to stop and cut because I didn't even know where to begin because I, I think this movie doesn't have, it's, it's good, but it doesn't have like a massive wow factor to me to, nothing special is standing mm. out mm. for me to jump right into. I loved the no. I don't have any of that. Not even Bill I Paxton. I thought it was. It was like a, it was just a. It was a movie. Like it was a good movie, but it wasn't like mind blowing. Mm. It was a vampire. It told like a vampire story, like the way vampires are in vampire movies. They stuck to their guns. On oh yeah. The sun will make you burn, and if you suck a vampire's blood after you get bit, you'll turn. Even the the point it, they, they even made a reference to if uh, he dies before she turns him, that she can die as the maker. Yeah. Uh, without being drained of his blood or whatever. That's, I, I guess, a rule in vampire lore. Yeah, I don't know about that, but sure. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's, what I thought, that's what I thought, too. I was like, hmm, okay. Um, so what did, like, do you, when's the last time you saw it before we had to watch again? Oof, a uh, long time ago. I'm going to say, the, the last time I remember watching it was probably early high school, maybe even eighth grade. So it makes so, sense that you would remember this movie as like I need we need to revisit it. Yeah, and also that I'd remember it as being fucking sick as fuck and and have a different opinion now. Yeah, I mean there know? was a lot of stuff in eighth grade that I thought was sick as fuck. Right. Uh, like the one with Jet Li. Yeah, I thought was yeah. One of the dopest movies I've ever seen. Doesn't hold up. Uh, Ghost Ship mm-hmm. was another one. Mm-hmm. Thirteen Ghosts was another yeah. one. Yeah. Um, the the music video Mudvayne had from yeah. that. I actually, I actually watched a lot of those movies at this same friend's house where I watched Near Dark. Yeah. He had all he had Near Dark on VHS, and we watched it, and I thought it was great. And I still think it's good. Yeah, it's um, good. But that's what I mean. Like it, it definitely. I feel like in your brain when you said to watch this, you were like, "I remember this fucking sick movie. It was so sick." Yeah, I'm gonna go play with my finger skateboard. What yeah, are those things called? Tech deck. Yeah. Anyways, moving <laughs> on. I think. Um, it's uh, it was just it was a movie. Yeah, I mean, I don't it's have a, a lot to say. Bill Paxton's performance is a little extra. Very, it's very extra. But uh, I enjoyed it. It's a, it's a like uh, we actually got lucky here. It's a classic vampire love story. Once again, we have two, I guess maybe even three of those this week. Technically, um, yeah. only vice versa. Usually in the classic vampire love stories, it's a male vampire that correct seduces a female but then falls for her. Correct. We we have now. This is the second movie that has a female vampire seducing a male so basically it's the classic plot structure of guy meets girl girl bites guy girl has guy drink her blood so he can become a vampire and actually now that i'm thinking about it now that i say it what you were saying earlier about that they that is a thing because that happens in what we do in the shadows as well that's yeah, how that's they the whole, that's, so, that's a classic right that's okay. a huge thing you have to drink it it's in um interview with the vampire Tr- correct yeah one. so um and then uh guy meets vampire girls crazy friends who are like a gang who love to kill people um and not just like they don't just like hunt because in a lot of vampire movies vampires hunt in a very like they try to be like careful and quiet and and take out somebody like in secret now in this movie they like to bust into a fucking bar and just kill everybody Cause mayhem, make sure yeah. all the witnesses are dead after and it's like well I th- i'm surprised they lasted this long that's because bill paxton and uh lance hendrickson there are our main vampires here they are both cowboys they are literally they were turned from i don't know if they actually give dates in the movie but they do come close to saying like how old they are well they're jesse, jesse uh he 
made the joke like she, he he asked uh, how old are you and he said let's just say uh, I fought for the South and he goes yeah. the South and he goes and we lost yeah like that so like that was the giveaway yeah. that he means like the Civil War he exactly. fought in the Civil War so that means they were definitely turned in the era of like the American westward expansion so they're fucking cowboy outlaws so they probably just never grew out of that which mm-hmm. I think is a major theme you know by the end of the movie where they just drive off into the sunset to die. Like, that's kind of the same thing. It's just like, you know, that Western trope of like, you know, um, was it Butch, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Yeah. You know, running out, knowing they're all, they're going to get gunned down. So, uh, I think, yeah, go ahead. From now on, uh, listeners at home, if you have alcohol, drink every time uh, Kevin says trope. Oh, did I say it again? <laughs> I always see. I don't even, I, it just like pop, pop, pops out yeah. of my mouth. I don't even know what I say. It's a classic trope. It is a it's classic. A classic trope. Uh, I want to add, uh, there's a there's a dynamic in this movie that I am very easily offended by. What's that? I don't easily get offended oh, by things. Uh, and it, it's something that I have seen in a million movies. They They knew each other 20 minutes. And they're talking to each other like they're madly in love. Oh, you mean when they pull uh, out yeah. of the car, the very first scene where he meets he meets May, he's like being a creep, like hitting on her, and she's like, "I need a ride home," and so that he's driving her, but then he's like, he wants to show her horses, but the horses are afraid of her, and immediately after that, she's just like, "Do you hear the night?" and was being like all dramatic, and, and she's like, "I gotta get like, home. I can't hear. I can't hear. What are you talking like?" But it was very. Like a romantic, yeah. like over the top, like forties, fifties actress and actor uh, scenario that was just like how, you guys are already like that enamored by each other within like fucking an hour of knowing who each other are. I wonder. You would, they're well, at the point of they would they would die for each other is how they were acting. Yeah, I wondered though if that was like maybe not maybe not intended this way, um, but I always felt like you could look at that like sh- you know the whole idea of the familiars, which again comes up in what we do in the shadows, where like a vampires can like hypnotize people and and make them you know act a certain way. I think that if they had established that that was what she was doing, it would have been a cooler way to start the movie because it is a little weird. Like I mean, obviously he could just be like a horny good old boy who like found a cute girl and and thinks he's gonna get laid, but uh. And then, like, falls for her. But she also kind of falls for him. And I think that it's supposed to be this thing where it's like, you know, yeah, he is just a horny fucking teen. And she's a vampire who desperately wants to get out of it and wants, like, human interaction but really can't get it. So she just kind of stays on the fringes. And when he won't leave her alone, she's like, oh, man, this is she falls for him. So, like, he's, he's acting like that because that's how a guy would act because he thinks he's going to get a blowjob from her if, if he's like nice to her you know so I get that I definitely agree with you though that it, it the beginning of this movie sucks I I'll, I just I'm just gonna say it I love this movie and I think the beginning of this movie sucks yeah I just I mean that's the the even by the end of the movie how in love they are it's like this happens in so many movies that doesn't that's not a realistic thing like I don't right you guys are obsessed with each other within like a day like that this is this is somebody you're willing to die for Right, you guys. That is something that's you know happens all the time. But this one, like they established that within twenty minutes. Well, a lot of doesn't times, even know her middle name or last name. No idea where she's from. Just knows that she's staying at a trailer park. And a lot of times in movies too, they do the thing there where it's like, 
they immediately are antagonistic to each other and don't like each other. And you're like, oh, somebody's going to be well, making out at the end of this movie. <laughs> well, that's just like that movie Overboard. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't like her, which is, no, a, I think not. that's a pretty big deal considering she's supposed to be like one of the main characters. I thought she was over the top as an actor. I think that her character was obnoxious and annoying and... Uh, made a lot of, like, I'm supposed to buy that she's really lovey and that this is just something she struggles with. But then, like, Bill Paxton killing somebody ruthlessly and Jesse killing somebody ruthlessly and then her asking a guy to dance is, like, supposed to make me go, oh, she's being nice. Like, I know she's about to eat this guy. And on top of that, uh, has Bill Paxton in the background, like, leaning on the counter, like, oh, this conniving crazy person. Like, that's... She's yeah, equally as bad yeah. as them. She's not any better than them. She's well, like, like it's I not think... like she's teaching him that it's a like it's something that needs to be mm, done. Mm. But she definitely plays with it. Like it's like it's fun for her as well. And then they, that's weird. Oh yeah, she's, no, I that totally makes her agree. Bad. Yeah, I think so. But you, could, I mean, again, could be could be a couple of things. I think first of all, first off, about her acting and uh the other are both of our lead actors are described on wikipedia as relative newcomers mm -hmm. and had never been in a lead role in any movie before i think that's where a little bit of the bad acting comes from they're not yeah. established actors um and i think also the film tries to suggest that that's savagery or whatever that that you know that she's exhibiting that even that like pleasure towards violence that she's exhibiting is a part of being a vampire um and that that's why like the older vampires are so far gone that they can't come back at the end there's there's no hope for them because they that's you know it's like a bloodlust sort yeah. of thing but again the movie doesn't really tell you that and it doesn't really show you that either so like you know i, I like to, we've mentioned a couple times now the idea of show don't tell or tell don't show we've normally mentioned show don't tell which is when a director, you know, uses camera shots and and identifying objects to build a story without just being like, blah, 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 this is what happens next. But if you're not going to do that, then you're going to have to tell us what the fuck's going on. This right. movie just kind of shows us a bunch of crap and doesn't show us anything that really, I think, explains. You just kind of go with your gut emotions. Um, this is, I think, actually Catherine Bigelow's first movie. She would go on to direct Zero Dark Thirty... Um, the Hurt Locker, she was married to James Cameron for a while, now divorced. She's a fantastic director. This so, is, who? Catherine the, Bigelow. No, I'm not, who's who, Kath, like, uh, who she directed, she directed the movie. Oh, okay, all right, all right. This is her first, the first film she ever directed, I think, I might be wrong about that. If not, it's like her second, but, yeah. so this is the first time she did a big budget feature film with a lot of money, and, uh. So I think it's definitely interesting. It's kind of like when you look back at a lot of good directors' early work, mm -hmm. there's a bit of, you know, stuff that isn't that great because they, they don't have the money or they don't have the, the, the knowledge yet. You know, she learned how to do a lot of stuff on that movie, I think, because there is a lot good about it. It's just, like I said a couple times, it's not, not the movie that I remember. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes from the over-the-top Bill Paxton performance that you were talking about, which which is weird because I I love that over yeah. the top. It's no, me like, too. But it, it to me comes off like he's so lost at this point that he's just manic. Yeah, and he just yeah. says and does crazy shit without thinking. He's well, really he good. like yeah, he's uh 
Yeah, that definitely. This third, yeah, that's going to be picked up. The, the dog is drinking long, water long, right long. now. Yeah, he's definitely um, unhinged in the movie. And I think also, uh, like, there's one particular scene I kind of referenced earlier um, where they go into a bar and uh, kill everybody inside. And it's mainly remembered for Paxton's performance in there. He goes up and he's insulting a guy at the bar. He's insulting the bartender. He throws a drink in the guy's face. He's trying to... Spits. Spits in his face. Right, right. And he's trying to antagonize him to attack, you know, the, the kid, so the kid will kill him and, and shit. Um, and then he he jumps up on the bar and starts kicking all the glasses, and the bar, bartender shoots him, and he's like, oh, ho, 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 that's hilarious. Like, So that scene, to me, is why I remember the movie being so good. That one singular scene, and the other, there's a couple other times where Paxton definitely shines in the movie, yeah. but but that one scene really is the best part of the movie, and it's, it's to me the only thing that I, even now, like, I, when I think about it, other than that, and the very end, which I also referenced, where they're, they're driving away, and the vampires are burning up and dying, like, that's all I remember from it because that's the good parts of the movie. The rest of it is just kind of like a movie that I've seen a thousand times from a thousand different, you know, things that have nothing to do with horror movies. So in terms of like, say what let me in did with the same material or what warm bodies did with similar material, this movie doesn't come close to those. Those movies are did. They're more original in dealing with the monster love story. Yeah. uh, They broke a huge, uh, rule too with vampires. Uh, he was cured. First of all, his dad knew how to do a blood transfusion. Yeah. Because he had a book. Yeah. Or something. And then uh, he learned from receiving a blood transfusion to become not a vampire anymore to give May one at yep. the end of the movie. Yep. Uh, she escapes the, from the being dad, by the son. The dad and sister characters just suck too in this movie. Sorry, there's so much that sucks in this movie, and I picked it. Yeah, it's fine. I thought it was like it's. You can say it sucks. I didn't think it sucked. I just I thought it was just just yeah. good. Like it was a movie. I think I was just hard on this. Like like I treated this like a child that had disappointed me when <laughs> <laughs> watching it. Now I was like, damn you, you lied to me. But so yeah, I guess uh, that's all I have to say about Near Dark. Do you have anything else to say? Um. Yeah, I wanted to address the weird pervy kid. Yes. I didn't like that. I don't... If if they're going to have, like... There's a, a kid vampire in this. Uh, he's playing, you know, Russian roulette with them. Like, we're going to shoot himself in the head. He smokes cigarettes the whole movie. Well, he says, so yeah, he's, how he's, would you like it if you were an old man in my body? Some, something yeah, along Yeah, so lines. they definitely established that this is a grown-ass dude in a little kid's body, but they never reference exactly how old. Uh, and he goes out at the hotel, and it's revealed that uh, the main character's father and sister have tracked them down. She is getting a Coke from the Coke machine. They don't know that he's there yet, that he's there with the vampires right. even. Um, and the little kid vampire is immediately like enamored by the eight-year-old girl getting a Coke. Mm-hmm. And not only is he enamored, but he like... Uh, Tries to, like, we can watch anything we want. It's a color TV, like, flirting with her and, like, brings her back to the hotel room. And then on top of that, later on, is, uh, like, on top of her in the car, like, trying to hold her down when she's trying to es- escape from the car. Yep. And, like, a real rapey kind of scene. And then uh, when they're outside while the sun's about to come up, he's, like, not letting her go and screaming, she's mine. Like, I want to keep right, her. Right, And all this weird shit. 
That's a grown ass. It doesn't matter that he's in yeah. a kid's body. It's a grown man who's like attracted to an eight year old girl, and they made it. Well, yeah, because he they made w- it a horror creepy, not like a, right. a, a rapey creepy, which is definitely something they should have addressed. Well, I think it's interesting too because I think the obvious implication is that he wants to make her into a vampire, so he has someone else. And I think that uh, it. De- I don't know. I I think it works and it doesn't work. I would say that is a, one of the other parts because this movie also isn't very scary to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I let me in definitely had me more scared than this by far. Um, e- even the first time I saw it, I didn't, I don't remember it being a movie where I was like, Oh, that scared me when I saw it when I was like middle school. So, um, that part of it was probably the creepiest, scariest part. So I think that worked again. Like we've kind of talked about, you know, this is a movie that was made by, you know, written and directed at least partially written by a woman. So I think some of that is inferred by, you know, maybe, things that Catherine Bigelow had actually gone through, um, or at least what, you know, her idea of what it's like to be a woman in this sort of man's world that, that is these, these, because the vampire's world is a man's world. Like you even have how Jesse has like created a family, you know, like he has his crazy brother, he's got his wife, he's got a son, you know, so they can, they can go different places because now there's a little kid with them. It's like, oh, this is my wife. This is my son. That's my brother, you know, like, yeah. And so I think that that part of it works. And I think if it was more established that like, that's what he was trying to do, it would have been less like rapey creepy and more like, oh, that's fucking horrible that you want to like do that to someone. Like you, you hate how you're kind of like stuck in this body. So you want to do that to somebody else. So you have like, someone else you can either pick on or love or live with or whatever it is. So I thought it was kind of interesting, but it definitely was, was icky. Not fun to watch. (laughs) On to the next one. Yeah. One thing sure. Lisa's not here. Fred! Velma! Don't tell me you saw the vampire. Worse! Like we saw Lisa! Where? Downstairs in Coffin Corner! Oh! Poor thing. Come on, Lisa. Wake up. What happened? That's what we'd like to know. The last thing I remember, a bell. It it kept ringing. I heard a bell, too, when I answered that mysterious phone call in your room. Brace yourself for a shock, Lisa. Here's who the vampire really is. Looks like a deserted type pickup truck. NASA named a constellation after Godzilla. Godzilla. Godzilla's the band. Good for him. Um, He's finally making it in the world. <laughs> hell yes. This movie did not do too well in theaters, and the critics did not like it much either. But I was so down with Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, me too. I loved it. Yep. Sequel coming out in 2020. Awesome. It's called Death on the Nile. Have you ever seen the original Murder on the Orient Express from like the 70s? I had no idea it was even a remake. Yeah, well, it's I'll it. have to. It's a famous movie. It's really good. I think you'd enjoy it. It's a little bit boring, but it's uh, because of, you know the time. You know, movies like that just tend to be more like dialogue than mm-hmm. nowadays. Uh, but it's really good. Um. So Tom Holland officially unveiled his Spider-Man Far From Home suit, Ooh. which 
which is red and black, as a uh, nod oh. to the artist that me and you were talking about before we yeah. started recording, uh, that he used blue to highlight to make it, the suit was supposed to be like leather and shiny, yeah. so he used blue to make it look shiny, but people thought, oh, he's blue. And so the costume he has now is red and black. It's a nod to him because he passed away. Was that a um, Jack Kirby, maybe? No, that's not his name. No, uh, I forget his... I can't. I know there's another famous artist who worked with Stan Lee and did a lot of like the original designs for a lot of those characters. Yeah, he he recently died, and that's yeah. kind of like a... We'll make it red and black as like a yeah, nod to yeah. him because that's what he was going for originally. Uh, Quiet Place 2. John Krasinski's currently writing a script for. Oh, interesting. I still haven't seen Quiet Place 1, but I've heard some pretty good things. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's scrapped Rambo 5 story is becoming a standalone movie. What the fuck, Sylvester? So, you know what? You know what, Sly? It wasn't bad enough that you had to make the worst sequel ever to Saturday Night Fever uh, with fucking, what was it called? Uh, Staying Alive, which is fucking awful. And you always make Frank Stallone, your brother, do soundtracks. But now, now this, Rambo 5, no thank you. Are Pass. you ready to get... I don't know if you're going to get annoyed or love this. The working title for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has been revealed as Hot Christmas. Oh, I kind of love that. Why? That, because, what the fuck does that mean? I don't know, but that's why I kind of love that. Just call it that. Volume 3. What do you, it, no, because that... A subtext to the sequel? But, 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 Russ, why is it called Hot Christmas? I need to know. I'm, you don't down, I'm down with a Christmas movie in a Marvel universe. <laughs> it's not even the fact that it might be a Christmas movie. It's just that why is it called Hot Christmas? I need to know that. And now, yeah, but now the, I'm 100% on board. You'll see that I don't like it. I don't I like it. it. I, I don't like it. it. I, I don't can, like it. <laughs> fuck you. Uh, Halloween could match Venom's October box office record. We already established that. Yeah, can we talk about how good Venom has done? I haven't seen it yet, and I've heard that the critics thought it was the biggest piece of shit ever, but people love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of mixed reviews. I don't, I'm not stoked on it. One of the things I heard about it is that it's, someone called it, in, in, in a review, called it the room of superhero movies. And so now I'm pretty interested. Yeah, I'm kind of interested. No, I know you're saying yeah because you just saw my shock yeah, face, but that's you're shocked at something reading. else. <laughs> uh, you're gonna. This is. You ready for this shit? I don't know. Mm, here we go. Hit here me. we go. Hit me. I want a drum roll for this one. Okay, John Carpenter seems to be oh. teasing a sequel to his 1988 cult classic They Live. Oh, Following the shit. box office disappointment of Big Trouble in Little China, and feeling. Wait, what? Yeah, I think it's talking about... Oh, the original. It. Okay, I was yeah, like, wait, yeah, yeah. did they make... They, they are... No wonder it failed. I didn't know they made a remake. I know they are making a remake, yep. but I didn't know it. I thought it already came out when I read that. Following the box office disappointment of Big Trouble in Little China and feeling disenchanted with the studio system, Carpenter decided to return to his low-budget roots. This resulted in two movies. His seriously eerie horror tale, Prince of Darkness. Oh my god, yes. And the Roddy Piper sci-fi movie, They Live. They Live tells the story of a homeless construction worker who finds out via a special pair of sunglasses that aliens have taken over the world. We will get into this. Hell yeah. At another point. Soon. Um, soon. I swear. They're not even going to start production for Guardians 3 until like, what is it? Early 2021. What the fuck? So why are we even talking about it? Why are you calling it Hot Christmas? <laughs> I don't know, but I need to know. Yeah. Because um, this Christmas, it's going to be hot. Whoa, wait, what? Hold on. Hold the phone. 
You better not tell me that it's not called Hot Christmas. No, it's called Hot Christmas. I'm on another (laughs) thing now. Um, So there's a thing that was going up and it was it was off and then it was on and then it was off and it was on it was the whole idea of taking the next jump street movie and putting it in the men in black universe so they take over as the men in black and it was going to be called uh mb23 what mib23 because it's crazy 23 jump street is where the mib office is and so they would be taking over be a rated r version of the men in black and it would take place in the same universe where will smith (laughs) And Tommy Lee Jones are. That would be interesting. Uh, but apparently this is the thing. Chris Hemsworth has finished filming Sony Pictures Men in Black spinoff. So there's another there's a Men in Black spinoff. So Chris Hemsworth. That takes place in England. Wait, he filmed it? Is he in it or is he directing it? He's in it. He's okay, in he's in this Men in Black spinoff. It's a UK branch. Liam Neeson is in it. Uh Camille Nanjani is in it. Yep. yep. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson. I'm down. I'm fucking down, dude. Right, so I, it seems like they're clearly establishing we're going to keep had, this comedy. You had me at Liam Neeson. <laughs> uh, in case you don't know who she was, that's uh, Valkyrie from yep. Thor Ragnarok. Yep. Uh, and let's just let's let's pick one more thing of news that seems like it would make um, sense to bring up. Um, oh, really? You know what? Let's let's just <laughs> Ben Affleck admits Daredevil movie was kind of silly. Kind of. Yeah, kind of silly my ass. Kinda. That was a terrible movie. All I know is that I have a t-shirt for a little podcast called How Did This Get Made, which is about the worst movies ever made. And the first t-shirt they ever made chose to feature Daredevil on yeah. it. So there you go. No, that movie <laughs> sucks, Ben. Get over yourself. That's the worst That's the worst performance that, uh, oh my God, Colin, Colin Farrell has ever had. And maybe the, yep. yep, maybe the worst performance that Jennifer Garner has ever given as well. And then they gave her a spinoff. Yep. Terrible. E- what are you e- doing, Hollywood? Everyone in that movie is terrible. That movie actually, though, is really... I will say this much, which he's not agreeing to... He's not uh, admitting, but that movie is fun, fun to watch. It's fucking hilarious because it's so stupid. So I, I like it for that, but it's probably the worst superhero movie ever made. Uh, at least out of the, the big name ones. Since since Spider Man, so yeah, so that's it for movie news, I guess. Do we have anything uh, from the group? Uh, I do have a announcement sort of thing to make. Yeah, um, discuss that. Since yeah, so uh, a friend of mine, Phil Healy, is uh, working on a film called Sympathy Card, or sorry, the Sympathy Card, and they need your help. All right, guys, have you ever wanted to be in a movie? Like, I know you're not going to be the star, sorry. You're not even going to be a, a, a you know, supporting character. But you can still be in a movie. You can be an extra. And you know what? Being an extra is really fucking hard. Because you have to act, like, not too much, but just enough so it seems real. But, like, not so much you take over the screen, you know? And if you really have always decided, just been like, I would love to just be in a movie. It'd be fun. I'd love to be an extra. I could show the movie, two seconds of the movie, be like, look, there I am. Well, guess what? We get just the thing for you. So, if, like I said, a friend of mine, he's looking for some people. Uh, they need reliable people, by the way. I'm just going to put that out right away. Don't sign up for this and then don't show up because I, I won't know who you are, but I'll be mad at you through, throughout the rest of your life if you do that. So they need reliable people. 
they're doing a bunch of different shoots uh, in the Malden, Mass, Reading, Medford, um, Cambridge, Methuen, Lexington. They have a ton of different shoots that are different attire, different stuff like that. It is an unpaid position, but they will provide you with food. Um, and it seems like it'd be really fun. And I'm thinking about doing it myself. So if you are interested in this at all, um, I have shared uh, the post on the group and on our page on Facebook. Um, and so you can click on there. There's a little form you can fill out. You can pick which days you're available or not available, how much you're available. And uh, if you have costume, if you need costume, whatever, and submit it and they'll get back to you. So uh, if you could help him out, that would be awesome. Uh, I would appreciate it. He would really appreciate it. Everybody working on the film would really appreciate it. So like I said, if you find this interesting, either contact me or just look on the group and find the page. Awesome. Uh, segment I introduced two weeks ago that we're going to keep going. Yeah. Sarah Ryan does movie reviews. Uh, this is for The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which looks fucking crazy, and I will watch oh, it soon you never enough. saw it? No, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, she gave it five stars and says, This movie was my favorite film of last year, sending me down a rabbit hole of Greek tragedy and inspiring many reads about Iphigenia and Agamemnon. Yeah, Agamemnon. Still holds up, and the rewatch value was probably better for me as I circled back to this story after the literary foray it inspired. Nightmarishly good. Yes. I agree wholeheartedly. I would also give that movie a five star. I really liked it. That was a movie. This is another thing I'd like to introduce because I keep forgetting to bring it up. So my mom is a huge movie buff. and She sees like every single movie that you could possibly think of. And she loved this movie. And she doesn't like movies usually that are messed up or violent or anything like that. Um, so this is a Kevin's mom approved movie. Another one is Lady Bird. Lady Bird is like one of her favorite <laughs> movies. So it's a good one. So that's just to tell you, she does like good stuff too. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I will definitely see that soon enough. The listeners movie is what we do in the shadows. It is a 2014 New Zealand mockumentary horror comedy film that is written, directed by, and starring Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi. Eight thousand years old. We're not going to have Peter at the meeting. Okay, so I wanted to have a quick chat about flat responsibilities because Deacon, you're a cool guy, but you're not pulling your weight in the flat. Oh, I'm glad to hear that I'm cool. No, that's not the point, though. Yeah, no, I know. Not a I know. flat meeting about how cool you are. There's tension in any any flatting situation. It settles in. The point is, Deacon, that you have not done the dishes for five years. That is love is It's unacceptable to have so many bloody dishes all over this bench like this. I'm so embarrassed when people come over here. It doesn't matter. You bring them over, you kill them. We'll do my dishes. Deacon's like the rebellious young vampire. Joy's <laughs> doing crazy things. The other day, I dragged the man's body down the hallway and noticed that there was no dust. I kind of swept the hallway. Vladislav is just like this older vampire who grew up in the medieval times and, you know, to be living this long and to see the things that he's seen and still, like, kind of have it together. 
intently to, to torture when I was in a bad place. It's been like this the whole time, okay, so... Viago is a little pedantic. On dishes, and it still hasn't moved in five years. He was an 18th century dandy, so he can be very fussy. Negs and negs. And there was blood all over my nice antique couch. Which one? The red one? But it's red now, yeah. If you're going to eat a victim on my nice green couch, put down some newspaper on the floor and some towels. Peter bit me, sucked all my blood out. I woke up in his basement and he offered me some blood. I just thought it was something, some German thing that these guys do. We're just about to walk past a werewolf. Look out, guys. Don't catch fleas. What's that, mate? Fika. Sorry, what? Keep going, keep walking, keep walking. What, we walking. heard that, mate, we've got sensitive hearing. Have you? Yeah. What are you filming? It's a music guys, video, is it? We don't want any trouble. Don't do what? it. What? It's okay, because I know this guy. It's Count Fagula. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 go swear. Sorry, they... they yeah. We're very, werewolves, not swear. What are we? Werewolves, not swear. No, it's a very offensive word to call people. Hey, say it, don't spray it, bitch. Like one big circle, just biting each other's dicks. You know, they don't even wear shirts, they wear blouses. It's just this big homoerotic dick-biting club, and I'm stuck here, ironing their fucking frills. Empire hunting to our house. Wait a minute, I'm just going to my email. You're there. Tear out your tongue. And shove it down your ass, guys! So your favorite character in this movie is Biago? Yes, Biago. Yes, the uh, the uptight, upper-class twit character who's basically the one who brings everybody together at the beginning. I love him. He's great. He's also the director of the movie. Well, one of the directors. Yeah, he's very uh, enthusiastic about the fact that they're doing a documentary. Yeah. And he gets all excited to show in. off his vampire stuff like the ghost cop and yep. all that shit. <laughs> ghost cop. <laughs> um. I like Jonathan uh, Bruce character. What was his name again? I don't remember. I thought it was Damien, but I, I think that's Damien? wrong. He's Something the young like bad boy yeah. of the group. Yeah, he's really funny too. He does the part where he's like, I was doing an exotic sexy dance. Yeah. <laughs> and Nick flies that in really the window. really fucking weird. <laughs> yep. Um, um, but also, I mean, dude, Jermaine, Jermaine Clement is fantastic as well too. Mm. But actually, my other, my other favorite character is uh, another, this is now... Now we have one person that I can think of that has been in two of the movies we've covered. Rise Darby from Flight of the Concords and from Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, is yep. in this movie. And he's my other favorite character as the leader of the werewolves, who are werewolves, not swearwolves. Yep. Um, yeah. Deegan, so, by the way. Deegan. There you Deacon. go. Deacon? Okay. Did you say Deegan? Well, the way they say in New Zealand, it sounds like they're saying Deegan. Okay, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Um, I thought it was like an Irish name or something. It sounds like an Irish name. Dagan. Yeah. This is a hard movie to talk about. Yeah. Because it's not, it's just a comedy with a bunch of bits. Well, yeah, because it's, it's a, a mockumentary, mocking, so there's yeah. not even really like a plot. Yeah, there's per kind se. of a plot. It's, it's like, just kind of like following them in yeah. their everyday life. Like, like this could have uh, been a TV series. Oh, yeah, totally. I think, I always wondered if that's what their original intention was, and then... They, you know, were shopping it and it wasn't working. So they said, well, screw it. Let's just make a movie and we'll see where it goes from there. Because, uh, yeah, it basically follows, you know, a, a plot line that most documentaries do. It doesn't really have 
a specific plot line, but it's kind of like, you know, the vampires live, they're showing you where, what they do, what they're into, when they, what they do when they go out at night. They uh, meet a dude, and, and some, one of them turns him into a vampire, and then that dude starts screwing shit up for them, and then they go to a vampire ball, and then that's, that's really kind of it. Like, there's not, like, you know, big, like, plot line arcs to it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what, what works about it the best. It feels real, like a documentary, um, and it, it feels like real people, like that they're actually and it, real vampires. Very much. I know it's written, but it's very much improvised in a yeah, lot of yeah. it. And they do the, the, I think they do this thing where they do specific cuts. Like there's in the, the, you can see this a lot in the first scene where they have the, um, the house meeting and they're all sitting at the table and they're talking about how Deegan has to do more, he has to clean the dishes. There's a couple of times where it cuts and it feels like, uh, Jermaine or one of the other actors is right in the middle of talking, so it makes it feel more real. Like they like they're yeah, like cutting an to the, documentary cut. Right, they're cutting yeah a bunch of the crap that they were saying out to get to the most important parts. So they definitely did a lot of. I feel like they did a lot of improving, just to you know they would have like a scene idea with some key beats and then kind of you know let them talk a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I was just googling because I know that the reason I asked. Do you think this is supposed to... Oh, well, I thought that it should be a show. Because they have a show. They yes. have a show on BBC where it's about the cops and stuff. I was almost going to mention that, but I didn't know anything about it. So I, I don't know anything it. about it either, and I do <laughs> want to watch it. I saw a trailer at one point and thought it was hilarious. Yes. But I uh, Googled it and came across this news article I'm going to read real quick. I know this is not a news segment, but this oh, falls right into it. This was posted January 22nd of this year. A reboot of What We Do in the Shadows is gearing up the small screen. FX has given a formal pilot order to a long-in-the-works, half-hour comedy based on the 2014 mockumentary horror film, co-written and directed by Jermaine and Taika. Cool. It says, Clement is attached as writer and executive producer on the TV adaptation, and Waititi will direct and executive produce. Awesome. So they're both going to be involved in some form or another. And so if... Is but they're, they're, they're recasting. Not act, they're, yeah, they're, they're not doing different either. actors, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely interested, but that was kind of, I think that's the thing that makes this movie so good is the, the, it's, uh, if you've ever seen Flight of the Concords, which is the show which made Jermaine famous, um, this feels like Flight of the Concords and Flight of the Concords was a mockumentary style show as well. So it had, you know, a cameraman following them around. It did. Yeah. It was, it had, maybe not in the same style as this, it wasn't like, but it had this feel to it where it felt, it wasn't as oh, like. Oh, like the way they were filming it was like. Yeah, yeah I don't, you know, it wasn't like, a mockumentary, they, yeah, but yeah. yeah, the way it was filmed and the way that it played out felt similar. Like it kind of felt like you were a fly on the wall watching all this stuff go down in real life. Yeah. Um, and, but the thing that was so great about it was the core performances from especially Jermaine and Britt and Rise Darby. Uh, this movie has that in spades. I don't know if uh, actually I shouldn't say that. This movie has that, and I don't know if uh, the reboot, unless they get, they'd have to get a really good cast basically <laughs> to to live up to what those guys did in this movie because they're they're really 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 funny mm -hmm. and they have a a certain um, idea of comedic timing that that is just amazing so i don't know if i'd enjoy it if it wasn't germane but i'm still gonna check it out uh well that's the thing is it's uh in the sense of i was gonna say this is a lot like the office in a way 
Um, the American version of The Office turned out to be a lot better than the English version of The Office, in my opinion. I, I, I mean, the English version yeah, of The Office hard. is not that great. I, I like it, but I can't... It's hard for me to compare because there's, like, what, six episodes of the original Office and then, like, six or seven or eight seasons. It was, so it was, it's, like, they're different. And I think that I think that uh, that's maybe what makes... I think that's what makes the the office the the um the Scranton office so good is that it took the same you know basic idea of cringe comedy cringe TV and didn't just copy the characters you know like there's definitely some similarities between Ricky Gervais and um what's his face but uh Steve Carell but it's not like a it's not like they just took the same show made the same show in America with American jokes like they they went a totally different way with a lot of the characters. And I mean, I like the first that. few episodes were like verbatim. Oh yeah, no, totally, totally. Then they they kind of went their own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one, the the the, the show is going to be set in Staten Island because mm-hmm. um, I'm looking at more recent news of October. <laughs> hey, uh, it's New and this York. is this is what you're gonna like. This is what you're gonna like. The way that they hinted uh, in the office that both shows were happening at the same time that they existed in the same universe mm-hmm. because he meets. Oh yeah. The boss. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. This is set in the same cinematic universe of the Ooh. future werewolf movie that they're talking about. The spinoff of the swearwolves. Yeah. Um, and the cop show, this takes place in the exact same world. It's so just, they, yeah, same it's vampires in Staten Island for Americans. So there's a chance that our New Zealand vampires could be featured in some way. Mm. There's an opening, at least. It seems kind of... I mean, they're both there. Might as well. Yeah, (laughs) it it exists in the same world. I don't know if they'll ever cross over, because, I mean, they're vampires. How are they going to get from New Zealand to New York City without sunlight? Are they going to get shipped in a crate again? Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Um... So yeah, that sounds pretty badass. Cool. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I don't. There's not all I can say is it's hilarious, and I don't want to yeah. just keep quoting it because then we'll yeah, ruin exactly. the jokes. That it's definitely one of those type of movies. I mean, <clears throat> I think some of the things I'd point out about it that are good from a less from a plot standpoint are like you know it's got um, good hand, handy cam or whatever they want to call it, like handheld camera work mm-hmm. uh, that feels really really real feels like a real documentary um it's got some like i mean i think the sound actually might be my favorite thing about it and and um i love this movie for how funny it is but the sound how like almost all the music is really really old and outdated it's like it like i love the intro song it's like one of my Mm -hmm. favorites or my one of my other favorite scenes is when they're jamming for lack of a better word when they're playing music and it's i have it i put it in (laughs) Uh, the trailer I did for this, it has this awful sounding trumpet, and like they're they're like they're they're playing correctly, but it's like everything's out of tune and slightly off. Yeah, and so there's definitely this feeling that like these guys are all stuck, and I mean they're all one of them's like a hundred years, one of them's like two hundred years, one of them's like eight hundred, one of them's eight thousand. So yeah, like that's, uh, the Nosferatu yes, based character. We didn't really mention anything Peter. about Pizza. Yeah, so there's basically it's four vampires. They live in a flat, and they have. You know, regular shit that goes on. They gotta pay their rent. You know, they gotta they gotta go out and hunt and drink blood. And uh, you know, sometimes when you go out and drink blood, somebody fucking spills it all over your your nice couch. Yep. Um, my other another one of my other favorite moments of the movie that I think 
again, is more, it's not so much, it's a plot thing, but it's not so much about like, oh, this was so funny, even though it was funny. I loved how the, at the beginning of the film, he talks about putting down towels and newspaper, mm-hmm. and then way, almost the end of the film, when they bring the girl over, he like is talking to her, and he's putting the newspaper around her, and he's like, oh, that's great, yeah, like yeah. he's listening, but he's getting the towels, takes the, the stack of when towels. they're arguing about how they should put down towels, and yeah. it was like, no. He goes, oh, you mean the red couch? And he's yeah. like, it's, it wasn't red. Yeah. It's red now. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. This movie is very well put together. Um, I definitely think both these guys know what we're doing, know, mm-hmm. know what they're doing. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, Takia is gone on to be, I cannot say his name right. I see your Taika. little smile. Taika. He has gone on to direct a lot of other really cool movies, um, including Thor and Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he's got, uh, he's got a really good eye as a director. And I think that, and I don't know how much each one did. Hunt for the Wilder People. Don't forget Hunt, that one. Yes. Hunt for the Wilder People. Uh, he's also seen. in running since James Gunn is no longer tied with Disney anymore, even though Batista is threatening to leave. Um, <laughs> who gives a shit? Right. Uh, I am aware that he is in the running to do Guardians 3. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Which is like, if anybody's going to do it, he's already proved that he can do the same kind of environment. Right. He can, yeah, do Thor comedy, Ragnarok. comedy, action, superhero. You got In space. it. space. Yep. He's already established yep. it. So, so yeah, um, I think this movie is something, I mean, you guys picked this one, so I know a lot of you have seen it and enjoy it, and that's why you picked it. It's one of my favorite vampire movies, because it's, uh, and I know other, I mean, people have done it. Uh, Dracula, Dead and Loving It. Uh, it's a great movie. I love it. It's actually one of Mel Brooks's last movies, I'm pretty sure. Um, but this movie just takes the the idea of making fun of vampires and nails it 100%. If I was ever anybody who was like, I really need to watch a movie about how vampires are silly, I'd be like, boom, here you go. Yeah. This is the one. And maybe even if they're like, I want to watch a vampire movie, I'd be like, well, you should watch this. If you like vampire movies at all and you haven't seen it, Go watch it because you're gonna laugh your ass off. It's like a loving, it's like lovingly mocking them in a way. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's talk about uh, which movie's better. Jump right in. Let's go to the verse. All right. Shoot! 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 Oh what? I mean, I'm finding this bad off all alone. I'll be damned if I didn't get really turned on. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny. Got a little upset. 
Shouldn't the copy be in that file? It should, right? Yes. Right? Hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Well, unless, of course, it's somehow been misfiled. But misfiled? Yes, misfiled. Sometimes somebody puts a document in the wrong file and then it's misfiled. It makes it much harder to find. Who? Who? What do you mean, who? How could somebody misfile something? What could be easier? It's all alphabetical. You just put it in the right file according to alphabetical order. You know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, Q, U, X, Y, Z! So, welcome to the verdict. Uh, I think I'm going to do it like this this week. Um, <clears throat> so, my number two movie for this week is Let Me In. And I really enjoyed it. I think it is a fantastic movie. That's why I am giving it an 89 of a score. You know what? Fuck it. A 90. I'll give it one more point for being such a such a great film that I love. So it's a 90. Mm-hmm. And number three is Near Dark. I'm, I'm fucking... I'm sorry, guys. I didn't like this movie this week. I know you're... Russell, you weren't as antagonistic towards it as I was, but I just don't... I don't know. It was your movie. I know, but that's... I think I'm... Like I said earlier, I'm disappointed in it. It's, it's not what I remember, and... Yeah. I wish I had watched it a year ago, and then I would have picked something else. But anyway... I still think, though, I still think you should go out and check it out. Um, just be prepared that you know some of the stuff is kind of stupid, but there's great payoffs in some of that stupid stuff. And so that means, number one, my favorite... Oh, and sorry, my rating for that is uh, 70. Um, and so my number one movie is What We Do in the Shadows, 92. It's not quite what I would consider a perfect movie, but it's so freaking close, like... Who cares? It's I think it's the best movie this week, and it, but just just barely, just barely over. Maybe even like ninety one. Just you know, mm. just just over. And I think it's just because I en- enjoyed it more. And maybe it's falling into the thing we bring up a lot, like where I've seen this movie eight nine times. What we do in the shadows, I mean, and I've seen the other movie once. So I'm going to change my mind someday when I've seen Let Me In more times. I've seen uh, both of those. At least like five times yeah. each. I give, uh, I, I would say, the win to the audience too. I'm yeah. going to do mine in the exact same order. What we do in the shadows, number one. Let me in, number two. Uh, and near dark, number three. Um, as far as the scores go, it's weird that you, you're you more aggressive about how bad near dark was. But you gave it a, a reasonable score, like 70. I would say it's like a 60. Well, in my sc- in my scores, if I'm not mistaken, other than maybe one other film, this is now my lowest scored one. You're being really generous. I am really generous with my scores, but um, I feel like we pick good movies. So, like for me, sixty says like, yeah, it's good. Nah, cool. I'm, I guess maybe I'm going like grade point average, and like to me, sixty's a D. Sixty <laughs> is a pass. Sixty is like it's not a fail. No, see, to me, seventy's like a that's like a C. You know, yeah, C minus. I wouldn't maybe. give it a C minus. 
Yeah, okay. So I would maybe, definitely give it in the D. Maybe it's a little bit higher. Yeah, okay. So maybe it's a little lower. <laughs> yeah. It's weird because you seem to <laughs> well, like I think, it more than me. <laughs> I think the only movie that I rated, I don't even, I think the only movie I rated lower than this may have been The Graduate, but I don't. I think even that got a higher rating than this. Yeah, well, The Graduate was a big old <laughs> yeah, for me. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, the fans win. They listeners. Get, I wouldn't want yeah. to call them fans. There are friends who yeah. listen to our podcast. There are lovely listeners. Yeah, our listeners are all win again. Sexy and gorgeous and beautiful. Except and, for that one guy. Yeah, you know who you are. Yeah, you, you, you ugly piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, uh, you guys pick just a. There's nobody. I just. No. I, I have to let. I. Yeah. I can't have anybody no. getting in their own head. It, it, I was, there's no joke. There's... We're just kidding. <laughs> no, but we love you all. Every single one of you, including that one guy we mentioned. Because yeah, that, that guy was that fake. ugly piece yeah. of shit. <laughs> right. He was a fake person. So there it is. There you have it. You guys are the champions. Listeners, movie is better. Two weeks in a row. We've given you we've given you the reins to, to kick our ass and you are. Right oh well, I didn't know that. That's <laughs> uh We'll never, we'll never, we're just not crisp. We're, we'll get there. We're pretty We're going to leave it at this. You win. Keep chaining yourselves up. Guys, where's your tracksuit pants? It was um, washing night. My muscles couldn't wash them because there was too much blood in them, so... Your legs expand, they grow into the tracksuit. Oh. Those jeans are going to rip completely. You've lost all those trousers, guys. Declan, that tree's far too thin. Look at it, it's like a branch. You know how big you get when you transform? That's the wrong tree for you. Anton, I've... Oh, no, you've forgotten the combination. Why did you get a combination lock? I lost my key last time. Okay, well, it's probably four zeros. That's the factory setting, is it? Fuck off to a tree. Hey, werewolves, not swearwolves. Yeah, I werewolves, know. Well, on transformation but, yeah. nights, it's all right, all right? I'm getting stressed out. I was just reminding you. Stop you... talking and chain yourself up, you dickhead. want to now do the segment trailer of the week oh yeah uh julia roberts asks her addict son where he wants to be buried in this emotional trailer for ben is back oh my god i can't believe it hi mom see you is it you is that ben Did you see? He's gained some weight and he's got the sparkle back in his eyes. He's clearly doing better. Well, then why are you hiding everything? We said we weren't going to do this again, remember? I agree that if it weren't Christmas, you get a day. This time tomorrow, you are back in sober living. Yeah, okay. You do not leave my sight ever because for the next 24 hours, you are mine, all mine. Got it? I got it. Hey, Burns, I thought you were dead. I put my family in danger. This is on you. If I don't deal with this, then it could be worse next time. Okay. You go in, pay the man, and get right back out. Lock the door. Just be calm. 
and be calm. You need to go home. If you really knew me, you'd be done with me. I know you. No. I know you. You don't, Mom. You don't know me. Unlock the door, Ben, right now. I told you not to believe me, and you didn't listen. Ben! All I need is for you to do me just one more little thing. I'm looking for my son. I can tell there's something wrong. You need to come home. Not without Ben. I just need you to please find my son. Things that I've done to myself and others. We can't save them, but you'll hate yourself if you don't try. Just tell me, son, where you want me to bury you. I'm not going to die. Anyways, here I am, still here. So thank you. Thank you for. So I got to say something real quick about Ben is back. I think this movie could go one of two ways. I watched the trailer a couple days ago and I think it could be good or it could be Oscar bait. Like it's a movie that's not really that good, but like they're, you know, it's like when every year they make like a movie about World War II or about the Holocaust because, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll get at least consideration for the Oscar because of the subject matter. Mm hmm. I also find it interesting because there's two movies right now. There was one movie, I'm sorry, right now that's very similar that Steve Carell is actually shopping in Boston. Um, it premiered in Boston, I think, last night called Beautiful Boy, which is also about a son with addiction. Um, that looks very yeah, good. Yeah. So that's definitely, I feel like, the Hollywood uh, arc of cashing in on real life um, stuff that's going on and, and is starting to come around to the heroin epidemic. And that's probably a good thing because maybe it'll get some eyes on, you know, a really serious problem that's killing a lot of people. And, All right. Well, uh, hold on. Let's stop I'm, not for getting, I'm not getting like too deep into it. I'm just saying. Let's stop for a second. Yeah. Insert that trailer here. Two trailers this week. All right. This is Beautiful Boy. Beautiful Boy. When I tried it, I felt better than I ever had. So I just kept on doing it. I don't know. I thought we were closer than most fathers and sons. <laughs> this isn't us. This is not who we are. Both of you, stop. There are moments that I look at him and I wonder who he is. How's our boy, David? I'm not giving up now. Never. You always gotta be controlling everything. It doesn't make any sense. You're controlling me right now. It's you. Let us help you. I don't want you to help. Don't you understand that? I had such grand plans. He'd graduate from college, do something amazing. And now I just want him to not die. Who are you, Nick? This is me, Dad. Here, this is who I am. If you could take all the words in the language, it still wouldn't describe how much I love you. I love you more than everything. I'm really sorry, Dad. It's hard as hell to get sober. But I love my family. I want them to be proud of me.
understand how scared you are. It'll pass, though. It always does. Nick, what you have is extraordinary. And you're gonna get it back. You're gonna find it again. Matthew Judd says, I've been reading about the history and filming for all of the Halloween movies in prep for tonight. I found this very ironic quote from Rob Zombie years before he did his two terrible Halloween remakes. Mm. This is what he said. This is pretty crazy. He said in 2002, on the subject of remakes, I feel it's the worst thing any filmmaker can do. I actually got a call from my agent and they asked me if I wanted to be involved in a remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I said... No fucking way. Those movies are perfect. You're only going to make yourself look like an asshole by remaking them. Go remake something that's a piece of shit and make it good. And then the next call he got was, hey, do you want to make Halloween? And also we'll give you a couple million dollars. And he said, yeah, apparently, because fuck him, dude, for saying that shit and then doing exactly what he did by spitting in the face, I think. Because I, I, okay, I didn't hate the first Halloween but I kind of almost hated it. I mean, not the original. I mean, the first Rob Zombie Halloween. Mm-hmm. I kind of almost hated it. It was. It, it didn't feel right. I like The Devil's Rejects. I liked uh, the, the first, whatever the fucking original name the first movie was. But, you know, but the, it just, it didn't, it didn't fit. I don't like when they go back and give you the background of the killer and the whole backstory. I could care less about that shit. That's yeah. not why I watch these movies. And I, I'm just another... It, Another thing that I've mentioned a bunch of times, I don't really like reboots and reboots in general. Mm-hmm. So when they're not good, I I hate them like doubly than I would a movie that's just not good. You know, it's like how dare you do this to one of my favorite movies? You know, right? So and and just the fact that he said that it's just so fucking. It's like ironic, I guess, in the best sense of the word. Just like yet, then you went and did exactly that with a movie that might even be more. I think it's better than Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and that's just personal. But yeah, uh, I I don't know. I thought the the <laughs> first remake of Halloween wasn't that bad. Like I liked the getting into the mental state of why he would kill his own family, but it again, like it, it was just really kind of dreary. And I think it would have been a lot cooler if it was like an original movie, and Rob Zombie came up had come up with uh, you know his own character. And that would, it would have been awesome. It's just like with Michael Myers, I'd, I felt more than I didn't like it. I just didn't need it. And I kept right. thinking that in the theater being like, I don't care. Can he just please go kill Laurie now or try to kill Laurie now? And then I'm like, and Laurie's not even Laurie because she's not Jamie Lee Curtis. So to me, it's like, it's just, the whole thing felt weird to me. And it wasn't, you know, cinema, uh, from a cinematic standpoint, it was, it was okay mm-hmm. you know there's nothing like bad about what he does from a you know camera aspect it was pretty much the same as what he does in his other films before that i don't know it's just it's tough when you're, you're dealing with you know it's like oh hey you know what i think i'm gonna go out and remake the first three star wars movies <laughs> like good luck with that you know i'm gonna go remake movies that everyone loves and that are like held to a certain standard you just We've talked about it before, you know. Classically, I'm not, I'm gonna go make remake Citizen Kane. Why? Why would you? Why would you do that to yourself? They're just gonna yeah. hate it and tell you that you're worse than the original. Yeah. 
So. It's ironic that we're talking about this on a podcast with uh, a remake being one of the movies that we liked yeah. better than the original. It is what it is. I thought the honestly, people get really offended by this, but the Evil Dead remake was better than any of the original Evil Deads to me. See, I I don't get mad at you for that. I because I think the Evil Dead remake is really good. I just I think Evil Dead Two is like the best thing out of that series. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so fucking ridiculous. And but I mean. I'm not going to say you're wrong. How about that? I disagree, but I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, no, that's so, those are so <laughs> much better. Like, no, yeah. they're just older, and you saw them more when you were a kid and or younger, and now they make a remake, and you go, oh, that's terrible because I like the original Evil Dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the movie, sorry to bother you, have you seen that? I have not. I want to see it. The trailer looked awesome. It yeah. looks wicked funny. That's the um, one with Morgan Freeman, I think. Is that Morgan is Freeman? Is Morgan in Freeman it? in it? I think so. It's the one where the guy's like, he talks in the white voice or something. Yeah, something. the yeah, call center. Yeah. I had no idea Morgan Freeman was in I it. I thought it was. Maybe it was somebody else. I could have sworn it was Morgan. Oh, I'm sorry. Not Morgan Freeman. Sorry, Danny Glover. Danny Glover. I'm pretty sure. No, I don't think he's in it either. I thought. His friend from the show Atlanta is in it. Yeah, I know His, that. His like, best friend. Yep. I don't think he's in it. I could be wrong. Uh, but here's somebody, uh, Nils Loby posted this. He wrote, after the hometown thread, I realized I haven't seen any discussion about this movie. How many of you have seen it? Go check local schedules now if you haven't, because this deserves your money. In my opinion, it's the most poignant and current film to have come out in years, while at the same time, cuttingly hilarious and visually delicious. Being set where I currently live adds another dimension. The movie really does capture the colorful, diverse, and heartbreaking energy of Oakland. Would love to hear others' thoughts. The anti-capitalist and anti-racist messages seem to have galvanized a lot of folks in both directions. I suspect most of you members will be on the favorable end. Cool. Again, we haven't seen it, but that definitely makes me want to see it more. Uh, that's a glowing endorsement. And so thank you, Nils, because um, I already wanted to see it, but I was like, oh, well, a lot of movies I need like someone to like push me over the edge to see it, and that that was the push. So I'm going to go check that out. Yeah, same. Um, Zach Fazio, this will be my last one to pull from the group. Um, And we're not going to do what we did last week with the Star Wars rant. We go on for an hour about it. (laughs) No, no. Uh, Even though there's, you know, equally the same amount of movies almost. Uh, Zach Fazio says, I mean, obviously they are all great, but what's everyone's top Harry Potter film? Don't act like you all don't love them. We're not going to talk about Star Wars for an hour because we're going to talk about Harry Potter for an hour. No, we're not going to talk about it now. Um, Well, I did got into a lot of great discussion on this from some great group members. Uh, Jeremy Ty, Chris Ricky. um, Sorry if I don't remember all your guys' names, but you guys did great on this discussion. We had a lot of differing opinions. My friend Beppe um, had some good stuff to say. I personally think that the third movie is the best Harry Potter movie. And to me, it's the only one that felt like a Harry Potter movie. They made some great points in the exact opposite uh, and why they thought it was a bad movie and why it was the worst. And so I felt like in the end, the group was very much split between whether or not uh, the third movie or the fourth movie was the best or worst. Because I think the fourth movie is the worst and the third movie's the best, there's a couple people on that side, and there's a couple people on the exact opposite side thinking the fourth was the best and the third was the worst. I think they're all kind of not so great, honestly. And when I say that, I don't mean that I don't enjoy them. 
They're some of my favorite movies. But when it comes down, what everybody always talks about in these arguments is like how much it relate or how, how it feels like the book or something like mm-hmm. that. And to me, none of them really do that. They, none of them captured the real magic that I felt when I read the books. I read all of the books before I had seen probably, what, half the movies or something in the time they came out. So I think the movies, they don't do justice to the books, but I also am talking, I'm, I'm saying this from like a perspective of a kid who's still 12 years old when I first read them and like was captivated by it and shit. You have a very mean look on your face. Like, you're not happy about anything I'm saying. And I'm trying to talk my way into your good no, graces. No, I'm just going to just not even address this. What? I'm going to just move on and say oh. what my favorite movie What is yours? <laughs> uh, the Philosopher's Stone, the first one. I like part one because it's just the one that, I don't know, broke me into it. And I, I remember uh, I had a teacher in eighth grade that read us the book. Mm-hmm. She was our reading teacher. She just read the book to us even though we're... In eighth grade, seems a little silly, uh, but I was like, "Oh, this story! I'm so into this story!" It, like, made me want to go to that class. Um, so when the first movie came out, I was really stoked about the first movie existing, and I remember going to the theater for this one. I don't even know if I've gone to the theater for more than half of them. I end up yeah. seeing them on like DVD. Yeah. Um, the last one I saw in theaters was three. The only criticism I really have on it was the fact that uh, it's not the good Dumbledore; it's the random actor who played him in the first movie. Oh, you mean, sorry, Richard Harris, who played him in the first movie? The random actor? Well, I didn't know. The legendary Richard Harris? Yeah, he died. That's why he wasn't so, in the rest of them. <laughs> so legendary, I don't know who he is. You you probably actually do from something. I probably do. Uh, oh, man, i got to look this up so I can be like, dude, you know Richard Harris. Why can't I remember anything he was in? He was in Gladiator. Yeah, he was the... Um, he was in Camelot. He was the yeah he was the guy who was like the the leader of the group at the beginning who gets killed, mm-hmm. the old guy. I can see why you like him. All of these movies are in the '60s and '70s, like your forte. Yeah, he's a legendary actor. Shit that I'm not like super into. It's all right. I just I just you know. Yeah, a lot of these are really Harris. silly. I have to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he was also in the Count of Monte Cristo. He was in Patriot Games. He was in a movie called Orca, which I don't know what that is, but... It's a horror movie about... It's a free willy horror movie. Thank you, because that's... I'm going to go watch that fucking movie, because it's probably shitty as fuck. But, uh... (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's the movie I'm thinking of. I'm pretty positive it's a horror movie. I actually... I will say, I think that the first three Harry Potter movies are the best ones. Um, The fourth one is my least favorite. The fifth one is, like, probably my second least favorite... And then I don't even, like, the last three, they kind of, they're okay. They're okay. Uh, the, last, the last two movies I'm not a big fan of, but I like The Half-Blood Prince a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, it's one of those series where, because it's so different, I think only Christopher Columbus was the only one who did more than one movie. You have, like, every film feels like a totally different film, you know? It's like, to go from Christopher Columbus to fucking... Um, his name, Chris? Yeah, Chris Columbus. Well, Chris Columbus, he always goes by. Yeah, that's the director of the first name? two. Yep. Um, to go from him it's to Al- Alfonso Cuaron, who did, like, you know, uh, uh, Children of Men, to then, okay. you know, to then go to another director and another director. Another, it just, the, there's this kind of, like, weird... Thing that runs through the movies where it, every film just kind of feels like you're totally in a different place, but every all the actors are the same. Mm-hmm. 
and that can help and hinder it. So, I mean, I, like Zachary said, and I completely agree with, I like them all. When I found out I had a, the ability to watch them all on on demand, I was like, fuck yes. Because <laughs> they're, they're fun. They're fun as fuck movies. And what are they on product. right now for people listening? What, where can you stream them? Uh, well, I have Verizon and I believe it's TBS that was, that had them. So if you go into on-demand, if you have Verizon, you go into your on-demand menu, go down to movies, go over to movies and go down to free movies, and they're in there. Or I think you can just search them by name, hmm. and they'll pop up. But yeah, they had, I think, all it was eight movies in total. Okay. So. I thought it was seven. Well, it's the last one's two parts. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's the six movies and then a two-part seventh movie. So eight, I guess. <laughs> They're both it? full length, yeah. Yeah, ha- Deathly Hollows part one and two. And actually, I have only seen part two once because I just didn't care for it that much. How do you feel about Fantastic Beasts? Oh, I loved that movie. I really liked that movie a lot. It, um, uh, what's his face? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Stephen Hawking did a great job in that movie. Uh, and, I think the thing I liked about it most, though, was how at the end, it wasn't the the classic, and I'm going to say it just for you, trope, of mm-hmm. when uh, the girl runs away with the hero. It was like, no, they just go back to their lives. And I really liked how the movie did a little bit of that all over the place, and I liked that. And I thought it was a one of the better Harry Potter movies, if you want to just take all of those as Harry Potter films, and the, that's one of the best ones, I think. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was really well done. And it was cool because this is, it was also maybe because it was original and introducing me to a world I had never known anything about in the Harry Potter world. So I was like yeah. really interested in like American witchcraft and wizardry and stuff. Except for the book. That's the only thing. Right. The, right. the book exists in the world of Harry Potter that the character correct, of correct. Newt. Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we end this conversation... Um, Maybe we should put that trailer in. All right. For what? Fantastic. Before we say goodbye, let's throw in the trailer for the new Fantastic Beasts. There's a sequel coming. Cool. Here it is. Enjoy. Address. What's that? A safe house in Paris. Why would I need a safe house in Paris? Should things at some point go terribly wrong, it's good to have a place to go. You know, for a cup of tea. My brothers. My sisters. The clock is ticking fast. My dream. We who live for truth, for love. The moment has come to take our rightful place in the world where we wizards were free. Join me. Or die. The wizarding and non-wizarding worlds have been at peace for over a century. Grindelwald wants to see that peace destroyed. You want me to hunt him down? To kill him? Dumbledore, why can't you go? I cannot move against Grindelwald. 
has to be you. You don't suffer from motion sickness, do you? I don't do well on boats. You'll be fine. Do you know why I admire you, Nick? You do not seek power. You simply ask, is the thing right? The time's coming when you're gonna have to pick a side. No, I don't do sides. What are you gonna do? I think it's nothing. Mute, you never met a monster you couldn't love. Let's take him. Brother? I think that might have been the best moment of my life. All right, guys, before we say goodbye, just want to tell you what next week's episode is going to be. The theme is uh, a part of Hell Month. It is slasher films, and the chains are off. Nobody was limited, including me and Kevin, on movies the other person hasn't seen because this is such a big deal. Uh, we are going to be watching the original Halloween. Uh, the first Scream movie, and the first Child's Play movie. So, we'll see you next week. And as always, thank you for listening.